0: I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God.
1: Hi folks, this is Brother George, and today on Spread the Word Global Ministries, coming out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, is a message titled, Inheritance. There are three definitions to consider when talking about an inheritance. The first one is, you are an heir. You are named in a will, but the owner of the will still lives. Next one is, you will inherit. It says, the owner of the will has died and you are in a position to receive something. The third one is, you have an inheritance you are actually in possession of the designated item you have received. Our Bible references three different relationships where an inheritance is involved. Let's briefly look at the first of the three, and then we'll get more in depth. The first situation is when the Israelite nation left Egypt. They traveled to the Promised Land to their inheritance to the land promised to Abraham. Genesis 15, 7 says, Then he, that's the Lord, said to him, that's Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Now the second situation is, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have an inheritance a place in heaven reserved for us when our body dies. The death of Jesus, the Son of God on a cross allows the will to be enacted and we inherit eternal life. We don't have it yet, but it is our inheritance coming ahead. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, verse 11 to 14, he said, in him, that's in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee or the deposit of our future inheritance. The third situation is where the Lord God himself has an inheritance. That is us. We are his inheritance. We freely give ourselves everything we have to him. And we find that in Psalm 94, verse 14. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. And let's take a moment and further, deeper, explore the first And the second and the third. God told Abram or Abraham that he had a long term plan for Abraham's descendants. Their inheritance would be a land flowing with milk and honey, where God would be their one and only God. It's beautiful to think that God was preparing the land for hundreds of years before they entered it, before they received their inheritance. The inhabitants, the Canaanites, had been developing the land, building and planting. But because of their sin, God would use the Israelites to drive them out, and the Israelites would own the land. Now, let's look into Genesis 15 again at verse 8. And Abraham said, a valid question, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit the land? God said, Make, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Abraham. God told him to take a heifer, a goat, a ram, and a dove and a pigeon to cut the larger animals in half <clears throat> and spread them opposite each other on the ground. Then a smoking oven and a burning torch passed between these pieces. <clears throat> this covenant was God's word, unbreakable like a person's will and testimony. Here is how this inheritance was described. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 24, God said, But I have said to you, You shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the people's. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 and 11. So it shall be when the Lord your God gives you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards, and olive trees which ye did not plant. And the last verse in this situation is in Joshua 11, verse 23. It says, So Joshua took the whole land according to all the Lord had said to Moses, and Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their division by the tribes. Then the land had rest." This whole process, even though it unfolded over many years, is a pattern for us to view the heart of God and his idea of an inheritance. The Israelites did nothing and received a full inheritance. Even when they had to fight for it, God always gave them the victory. You can read the full story in the Bible and you will understand that God is always on your side, meaning... Obey, and you will eat the good of the land. Now, we'll take a moment and explore the second relationship of an her- inheritance, and it's where God has a special place in heaven for us. It is our home. It is our inheritance. The inheritance came about through the death of Jesus on the cross. He opened the door to heaven, and we walk through. In faith, we walk through. Galatians 4.7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Romans 4.13 says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And that's us we are in the righteousness of faith and we receive that same inheritance. Hebrews says almost the same thing. Chapter chapter 6, verse 12. He says, But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And finally, Romans 8, verse 17. If children, then heirs. He's saying if we are the children of God, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are always told from the word of God that salvation through Jesus Christ, through his work on the cross and his blood shed for our sins, that he ushers us into the kingdom of heaven. There are many verses to support our convictions that we are headed to be with Jesus in heaven when we die, when this body dies. That's our inheritance, which we can look forward to. Now, the third relationship, the third inheritance relationship, stems from Psalm 40, 94, verse 14. I covered that already. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. Deuteronomy four twenty says, But the Lord has taken you... And brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be his people and inheritance as you are this day. Now in this relationship, God receives us as his inheritance. He is longing to receive us while still in this natural realm, in the flesh, bone, and blood realm that we're in. When we die a physical death, we receive God's inheritance of eternal life. But I'm not talking about dying the physical death in this case. Really, we become His inheritance when we are born again. At that moment, we die to ourselves, allowing the Holy Spirit to fully inhabit us. We become the commodity God was destined to receive since we were born. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and make Him Lord of our lives, two things happen. First, we become heirs of eternal life. We've talked about that. When we die a natural death, we are destined for heaven. Number two, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we create a will that says we give all we have, all we are, to Jesus. We die to ourselves and God our Father inherits us. When we die to ourselves, we allow God's Holy Spirit to control our soul and body to carry out His will in this natural realm here on this earth. An exchange takes place. We receive our heavenly inheritance. God receives people, earthly people, to do his work in this world. In this way we fulfill the scripture that says, "We the church are the temple of the Holy Spirit." That's in 1 Corinthians 6:19. Paul writes, "Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own." Galatians 2:20 says the same thing. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, are you willing to die to yourself so that Jesus can receive you as his inheritance? Jesus has a job for you in this kingdom, here in this natural world. Have you got that? He's got work for you. Let's go to Mark 16, verse 15 and on. And Jesus says to you, he's speaking to you now, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Can you see, he needs you. You are his inheritance that he can use, he can enjoy. God says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, that's you. Then he goes on and says, he who does not believe will be condemned. And it goes on, these signs shall follow you because you believe. In my name, you will cast out demons. Jesus needs you to do this for him, for his church, for the unsaved in this world. In my name, you'll speak with new tongues. In my name, you'll take up serpents. And in my name, if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's all in the name of Jesus, who has you as his inheritance. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you that the word is settling deep into the hearts of people today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries, Red dear? If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org. Or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587 377 7745. Thank you. Bye for now.